Um, welcome to the uh, For The Boys podcast. Um, the podcast is created just for the brothers to have a yarn, have a chat about everything in life. Um, this is season three and we, we hope that um, you have joined us from the beginning. And if you, if you haven't, or if you haven't um, listened to us at all, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm Teza. joining us tonight or listening to our audio podcast thank you for joining us thank you for tuning in uh, I encourage uh, to get involved with our show the beauty about the podcast is uh, you can join via chat with us whether you're tuning in from Facebook YouTube or Twitch yeah get in the conversation and uh, join us via chat so comments feedbacks questions all welcome all welcome quick disclaimer from me and the lads we are not professionals. I repeat, we're not professionals. Uh, we base everything we talk about off life experiences um, and all the you know the troubles and growing up in South Auckland and and being uh, proud polys that we are. Um, yeah, so none of us are professionals, but our guest tonight's Ooh. guest is, and um, man. I'm excited and um, hopefully everybody is tuned in and ready for a great show. So stick around. Without further ado, um, we've got a, um, a professional guest and because it's season three, we have to start off with, uh, you know, local heroes. Local heroes. Um, this gentleman is, has been in the, I guess, yes. been in the background, uh, you know, digging the trenches for mm. uh, people like us. And and it's it's real personal for me because I get to um, get to hear uh, you know um, a role model and someone that's uh, grown up in in my community and not let alone uh, South Auckland but um, someone from um, you know myself and Lance uh, where we where we've been um, brought up and so and if you if you know anything about my English um, <laughs> it's probably not the best so it's probably <laughs> probably a good time to to bring in. Um, uh, our, our special guest, Anana uh, Efeso Collins. Thank you, brother, for uh, joining us. Oh, shock, guys. Thanks for having me. This is really cool. I really appreciate you having yes. me tonight. Nah, man, oh. it's, it's our pleasure, man, because uh, as we spoke about before, um, we, you know, we're a bit uh, starstruck and, you know, having someone on with us, especially of your caliber, it's, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, match. So, um, uh, <laughs> Where, where do you where do you want to start, or we can start from the beginning? Um, you know where it all started for yourself. Um, we're not well, we're we're what you would say. Um, we're not too much of. Uh, we don't talk about politics too much in this, but um, Swanky loves the the COVID talk. But we'll leave that to the end. Um, but we'll pass it over to you. Um, who is Ephesel uh, Collins? Oh, thanks, boys, and thanks for having me tonight. I'm Efeso and grew up in Otara. My parents came from Samoa. I'm the youngest of six children, uh, so I was the spoiled one. And I don't know if there's any youngest listening at the moment, but uh, we got away with heaps. And so by the time I came along, my parents had given up uh, smacking the kids. Remember, in those days, you were allowed to smack them. You're not anymore. And uh, so my parents, I never, I never got, this is my claim to fame, is I never got a hiding once in my life uh, that was all saved for my older brothers. Uh, and and they, because they were naughty, I was the good boy that went to church. So we, we grew up on Preston, 
Hey, in Otara, and uh, it was really good there. Mum was a cleaner at Middlemore for a long time, and Dad drove taxis for South Auckland Taxis, and he was a part-time Feifeau as well. So we were part of the Emanuelu Samoan Christian Fellowship, which is like the, the Assemblies of God, and Dad uh, was uh, old with them for a few years. So yeah, that's where we grew up. Went to East Tamaki Primary, Ferguson Intermediate, and then uh, Tangaroa College, so all of my schooling in Otara. You went to uh, Ferguson. Oh, did you, so you you went to East Tamaki, um, which was up the road. I, I went to uh, Rongomai Primary. Um, but oh, but in saying that, Rongos. <laughs> and that's why I can't can't, can't speak English properly nah. because he, li- he lives in Central now. He lives in Central now. That's why <laughs> his tongue is proper. <laughs> he can't roll the eye anymore. He can't roll the eye. <laughs> Nah, bro. I'm, I'm Otara hard, bro. Otara hard, bro. Still, still there. But um, now nah, thanks, thanks for that intro, um, official. But um, again, we'll, we'll start at the beginning where you know your primary, your intermediate. How, how was that for for schooling? Up, uh, you know, being brought up in in Otara because uh, you know back then, I, I I'm sure it was quite different to how you know our kids are are growing up. Yeah, we, um, you know, I said that being the youngest was a little bit different for me. And so I had lots of older brothers and sisters that I could look up to. But yeah, school school was different. I really enjoyed school, not, and uh, I, I don't know that I was all that clever, but I, I enjoyed just hanging out. I really enjoy people, like hanging out with people, meeting new people. Um, uh, I did, when I went to university, I did ethnography and some people call it uh, professional stalking. And ethnography is you sit and you watch. It's just, a, it's observation-based research. Uh, and so I, I was happy just to sit and watch and, and draw theories from that. But school was good for us. You know, we had hard times. I think a lot of the people we knew growing up at the same time, we knew life was tough, but we had a really good neighborhood. Um, we stayed across. So before I was on Preston, we stayed on Featherston. So Featherston was just uh, closer to East Tamaki. And our neighbors were the Nikos, you know, Tawira Niko and them. They lived across the road yeah. from us. And so, yeah. yeah, and they were awesome. So, you know, in those days, they used to play on the street because our street was a crescent, Featherston Crescent. So we used to just play on the street. Everyone knew each other. And in those days, everyone, if mum and dad were running late from work, we would just go to the neighbor's house and hang out there and eat the boil up at the, at, um, the Nico's house. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I felt like I was really protected growing up, especially when you've got older brothers and sisters who can look after you. So I think I had a really cool upbringing. It was yeah, I, I look back and I'm really grateful. At a, you know, at, at a young age, um, looking back, did you did you see that your the the way you're progressing? Did you see, I guess your your goals or like just your future and how you how it all panned out for you? Did you see that you're going you're going in that direction from a young age? Yeah, not really, eh, bro? I think you just, those days you just went to school, you tried your best, and I knew that for my parents, they wanted one of the kids to go to university, and dad was hard, you know, as in wanted, hard out wanted a lawyer uh, in our family, and so I was the first in the family to go to university, and 
I, I hope that it, it made mum and dad proud. My brothers and sisters all did courses or went straight into work. So they helped mum and dad right through. And because I was the youngest, it, well, I guess it was kind of up to me or that, that part of the family journey landed on me to go to university. So never became a lawyer. My father, even before he passed away, was but but sad that none of his kids became lawyers, especially when everyone else's kids and his, you know, he's got um, brothers and sisters and those kids are all becoming lawyers but his kid isn't but that's all right dad <laughs> I, I think by the time dad went to heaven he was okay with me just you know going to university so I don't think it was all planned out, eh? it didn't feel like that and I just wanted to do the best uh, for mum and dad mm. and only went to university because they wanted me to speaking, I'm speaking pretty sure he'll be pretty proud sorry <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry go ahead no, no speaking of university I, I, I'm confident the guest doesn't remember but i first met him at university when um, when when young swanky was slipping having up. drink cups having drink cups <laughs> <laughs> when young swanky was slipping up um i went to see official for um some paper oh. guidance um you directed you pretty much told me uh uni wasn't for me life-changing advice <laughs> <laughs> You helped me, you pointed me towards uh, a few papers um, that I need to take for my not finished degree, but um, yeah, that's where I first met you. From university, um, there's something clicking in university for you to choose politics or local board politics as a career. Yeah. What, what, what made it click for you? Oh, this is start my career in politics. Um, yeah. I'm glad we met at university and sorry if I wasn't any really help. You. I, I think I'm, I'm, as you speak, I'm, I'm quickly <laughs> them to McDonald's. <laughs> you find a story where I sound really good because they might just have to uh, <laughs> I think university was the, the most challenging years of my life and it was there that I was trying to make a number of decisions, you know, being raised in the church. I did philosophy when I first got to university and having been raised in the church all my life and then my first lecture in a uh, metaphysics lecture was a woman. Professor comes out, she says, God is a woman. And I remember going home and telling my dad, I thought, oh, dad, are we, are we up for this, man? Like, all of a sudden, hey, after all we've been taught, God is a woman. And so... I think that kind of set the path for me to engage with different people, that there were lots of ideas. And it was in those times that I tried different things. I got involved with the associates. So I was part of the Samoan Students Association, Pacific Students for Christ. I loved my years at university. Uh, I met my wife at university, but it was all of those experiences that made me start to acknowledge and embrace the gift that I had, and I realized that I'm a bit of a talker. Uh, some might say I'm a bit of a schmoozer. And um, that's when I realized that maybe it would be a gift in politics. So I don't know if you, but you probably met me after I was president, but I got into student politics at university, became the president of the Students Association. And then when university finished, I stayed at the university. So I finished studying and then I worked at the university and started a program called Dream Funnel. And Dream Funnel was to reach Māori and Pacific students in low decile schools to come to university. So I think that it was being involved with people, encouraging people, and, and, and hopeful. I was hopeful that others would see education as a way to do well for themselves and their families. So that's probably where it kicked in. 
Is that where um, the idea of malanga production came came about? Yeah. If you saw, I don't know, in 2000, uh, 2000 2001, um, Auckland Uni ran that malanga production, which I was part of as well in 2002, oh. I think. And then uh, I remember that malanga was a way of introducing our Māori and Pacifica people to, to uni. Oh, man, I'm online with all the talented people. Eh? Malanga was for the talented musos and singers <laughs> and dancers, you know, the ones who would spend all their day at the gym so they could take off their shoes. And, <laughs> or maybe that's your last cell connection. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you last cell, we say it's like you never stopped. That was the, the period at university when we were looking at different ways to engage with local communities. And so Malanga started, and a couple of years later, Dream Formal started. So all of that thinking was at the same time. So I was, a, you know, I was there with um, Inilisi, uh, who, who yeah. was the responsible, the producer or the starter, founder of Malanga. And yeah, that's when we were all starting to think about how do we do something a bit different to reach our students? That's awesome you're part of Malanga. Uh, that's that's when I started sort of noticing uh, you because I um, I knew I, I've been watching your sort of your career progress from when you um, yeah when you're at uni and then you're like like the the Pacifica guy at the Auckland uni for for quite a long time and I know that you were well respected then and then so I've just been following your career ever since. And um, and seeing to where you are now, and, and heading towards that, you know, putting your name in the race for the mayor is pretty awesome. But but yeah, that, that's um, that's where I knew you from, was from from back in those days. Ooh, bit of a pioneer there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, honest. But were you at the gym though? Ah, I was just I was just at the back. I was just at the back. I was production, not not um not part just of the show. I can, I can see the curve in your shoulders, bro. That's... <laughs> he got he got a haircut just before the show too. I think my I think my webcam is about to uh, my webcam doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and just uh just quickly, um if you have any questions for um our guests. Yeah, uh, but I mean, jump on board and uh, send us. We'll, we'll get to it as soon as possible. Um, just, just moving on to, um, I guess, life in general. And you know, uh, when we went to do some research about yourself, uh, and uh, that just seeing how I, I, there was a turn in your poli uh, your politics, uh, doing politics, uh, politician stuff, politics. Uh, but um, you were. Uh, at some point of your life, you're going through, um, you know, hard times and, and, and I guess the threats um, back then, uh, can you touch on that? And for, you know, for myself personally and, and seeing another brother go through that it, and how scary it can be, um, yeah, just uh, is it possible to, um, yeah, have a chat about um, uh, the threats that you're going through? Yeah, so you're referring, Arbro, to the death threats that we got last yes. year? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really tough, eh? I, um, I've always been of the view that in, in, in public life, I, I kind of understand how people treat you. Uh, and some people are really cool. And then there are those people who, because we're in public life and people say, well, it's our taxes or our rates that pay your, your wages, we kind of own you. And so... Um, 
we 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 got those threats, and it was a really hard time for our family because we it started we were getting ready for church on a Sunday morning, and I got a phone call, and uh, it was the police, and they said to us, "Look." Um, we're on our way to come and see you. And I thought, oh, you know, me and the police haven't always had a kosher relationship. In fact, I've said things about the New Zealand police force over the years that uh, um, have made people blink a little bit. But uh, I said to them, oh, look, uh, what are you coming for? And they said, look, we we think this is a real emergency or something we've got to, um, to address. So we're coming to your house. And when they said that to me, I thought, oh, maybe it's best if we don't meet at home because we, we live in an apartment and I, I didn't want my daughters to hear whatever it was they wanted to talk to me about. So we um, I just lived down the road from the Otahu um, police station. So we met there and it was there that they identified that they'd received death threats on me and my family. And, you know, I was at the time where they were explaining to me, hey, my my thoughts are everywhere. It's not it's not normal. And they they said in that interview, you know, they ask you things like, you know, who do you think would want to bring harm on your family? I can think of anybody. But I think that the toughest bit was in politics, often the politician gets threatened. And I'm not saying that that's acceptable. It's just what we know. But this was the first time where a whole family had been had they had threatened against my whole family and they said that it was serious enough that they were going to follow up. So that day they sent the bomb squad um, and, you know, you know those wow. the dog sniffers, the sniffer dogs, sorry. And they went, um, they went through my office, <laughs> the dog sniffers, they went through my office uh, and I've got two offices in town, an office in Manix or at Manuko. And then they came to our house at night and, I think what was really upsetting was I, my girls were home at the time that they turned up and you know, it was hard because we we wanted we tried to get them out of the house before the police arrived, but it just didn't work out because they got here late at night. And, you know, my daughters being around while the police are around was quite a frightening experience for them. And I think the, the toughest bit, though, for me was I felt a, quite an overwhelming sense of guilt that perhaps I'd brought on um, harm to my family, thinking that they were now unsafe because of things that I had done in my life in politics. So it was really tough. Eh? And it, to be honest, eh, it triggered, when I was at university, as I was coming to the end of my time at university, I went through quite a, a deep depression. And, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that you try and monitor and watch because different things will trigger us. Uh, and I'm, the, the truth of that for last year was it triggered a whole range of things where I, because I thought that I'd brought harm on the family, I felt like a failure as a father. I felt like I had let down my family because it's my job. You know, I'm, I'm their dad. I'm, I'm Fia's husband. And yeah. feel like it's your job to protect. That's how we're raised. They are Samoans. It's the man's job to protect the family. And I had this overwhelming sense of guilt, a sense of failure. And so it started to trigger some of my sad, dark spots in my life. And yeah, it was hard to get through it. But, you know, the boys um, got around me quick. I have a code that I text to people. And when I'm feeling a bit down and, and I'm realizing it, then, you know, obviously my wife picks it up. But it, it's a big step for me to text the boys and just send the code. And, you know, the boys were over real fast. And 
I don't know if they were over to see me or they were just over because they were angry and they wanted to find the people <laughs> that, that uh, left us, especially my Mangele family. Eh? They were here in a hurry and I was going, boys, calm down. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I went through, eh, bro? And it was good that my my wife is a very calming figure in my life. And I'm the kind of person that shuts down. And when I stop talking, when I stop engaging, that's a, a sign that maybe things aren't the best. And I know your shows, are, you know, you, you talk a lot about um, or uh, touch on mental health a lot. And I think um, slowly I'm starting to be able to talk about it a bit more because it felt so, like such a dark period in my life. Mm. Well, that's nice awesome, Barry. That is awesome. It's good to hear, it's good to hear that yeah. from the likes of you, um, you know, that, that, that you do close up, you do feel the same things that everybody else yeah. feels when they go through times that are, are hard or difficult or, or new. Um, in that instance, you know, not everybody gets a bomb squad or for a whole lot of cops come to the house. So it's going to be new. It's going to be freaky as. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's. I'm not saying it's um it's good that it happened to you, not us, but uh, what I'm trying to say is that it, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. And, it, you know, for somebody who's uh, so educated as, as yourself, um. You know, you you went through the same motions that my next door neighbor could have went through if he had the same. Uh, so, uh, it's good to know that you're just as human as uh, everybody else, and uh, we all go through, go through the same things. Yeah, Thanks. and it's good to hear that you have the circle, you know, the circle mm. around you, like you spoke mm. about your family. That, your code, boys, that code thing is cool, code. Hey? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. we, we do need that, that circle around us. Just have a question here from our chat. Uh, my sister Pear. She's saying, uh, Collins, love that you're running for mayor. Congratulations. With the threats over your head, what drives you to continue to do what you do? Is it worth it? She continues on. Uh, social media has given everyone the ability to be very vocal. Do you have a process or morning routine that helps you through your days? Mm, cool. Um, thanks, Bear. I think we can all pro we probably all have um, experiences that we can share. I think it was that um, it was that experience that really honed our thinking. And uh, Fear and I, Fear's my wife, we sat down, and I I know that at that time, the initial period, I wanted to stop. Now I was ready to walk and say, no, nah, I'm not going to allow this to affect my family. I don't mind people taking me on. You know, that's normal if people want to challenge me and I'm used to that, but I wasn't prepared for the safety of my um of my family to uh, to be compromised. So I took I took a number of weeks off work and we just took time to kind of reassess, to pause, uh and I tried really hard to talk, really difficult for me to express how I was feeling at the time. Uh, and one of the things that I do, when, when I, years ago I was a youth worker, and uh, for youth workers, I know there's probably, I don't know if you guys are youth workers or social workers, but one of the things that youth workers get is supervision. And supervision is like a form of counselling or where you get to talk to someone about your caseload, how things are going. And even though I left youth work more than 20 years ago, I still have a supervisor. Uh, and so I was getting supervision at the time. And my supervisor was really calm and helped me get through stuff. Uh, and the boys 
came around and it was there that we decided, no, if we're going to give ourselves to this work, then it's important that we understand that as a city, we've got some issues we need to deal with, that we've got to be honest with ourselves, that if you're prepared to threaten the life of my children, then it means that we've got some really deep issues that we need to confront. And I don't know if you can see, but the, the side, eh? uh, this is my eldest daughter. And her name is Gabriella, and she was the one that was asking lots of questions about why people would be so mean to me. She she said to me, "Dad, why is that? Those people, why are those people so angry with you? What have you done?" Uh, and she was the one as well that prayed for them. When we we do our evening, you know, like how we were raised, hey, every night we do our evening devotions. I'm, we we don't do them at six. Uh, we do them like later, just before bedtime. But even in her prayers, she started to pray that the Lord would look after us and that the angry people, that God would look after the angry people as well. And I think it shows perhaps the the heart with which we come to the world. I want my girls to know that yeah, things that people are gonna be mean in in life, but we've got to show forgiveness and compassion to even though hey, you wanna you wanna overcome these things by lavishing your love. So it was there that we made the final decision we're gonna go for the mayoralty and that's why we announced some months later, even though at the immediate time I wanted to to walk away from it. So I hope that answers your your question, Bea. But yeah, I, I wonder, you know, there's lots of people with different ways to manage their stuff. Yeah, I was super stoked um, to see you putting your hand up, Ephesol, because um, I don't think I've ever seen anyone um, more prevalent on the, the on the TV these days um, whose skin colour is, is brown. Um, yes, and even throughout the, the COVID um, pandemic over the last couple of years, seeing you on TV and representing um, the Pacifica voices um, on our behalf, we never had that before. I, I can't remember anyone who's, who's really advocated for that. And to see that is really cool. And um, also just for our, our Māori and Pacifica um, kids growing up in Otara, where we used to grow up, and seeing a brown face on TV talking about uh, and standing up for them as well. It was really cool, man. So um, I really would like to say thank you because I think we need more people like yourself on TV and um, yes. and, and in the mainstream media. Um, and so, yeah, see how you go with the, 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 the run for the mayor. Just on that, though, uh, I've got a question um, going through the for the for the mayor. Um, how does it feel being uh, one of the first uh, Pacifica people to put their hand up for for the for being a mayor of Auckland, Super City? Yeah, so really humbling. Uh, I'm I'm really humbled that we have the opportunity uh, to do this. I'm humbled with the support. I don't know if my two followers on Facebook um, uh, are on today, but I often. I shared a story on Facebook, I think about a year ago, where uh, I was getting off the bus in Otara. I had a meeting at MIT and I caught the bus to Otara. And as I was getting off the bus, a uh, uh, Samoan driver reached out to me and put his hand on me. He asked me, oh, oil columns. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then he said, and I just, you know, I remember, and he put his hand on my head and I thought, oh, I was glad that there was no one on the bus because I just started crying. eh? I thought, reminded me of my father. My father would often do things like that. And I I think that story perhaps gives, uh, is the kind of, the premise of the what I feel, what we feel as a family, in that we know that there's huge expectation, especially from our community, uh, that one of their sons, uh, one of the sons, uh, migrant Samoan, sons of the Pacific, is standing for the, the, the highest elected office in the city, comes with um, a level of... Uh, there's a there's a blessing about it, but we also accept that there's a real responsibility that it comes with too. And so yeah, I'm really humbled. Hey, eh? it's nice. I you know even when we're driving, we were out on Henderson uh, the other day and visiting my wife's family, and this um, Tongan family stopped us, or you stopped next to the lights, and they just started talking. They're going, "Hey, are you that guy?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And they said, "Oh, all the best." And I thought it's really it's cool because. I hope that it gives our community a sense of he's one of us. I know not everyone agrees with the things I say, and but that's cool way that then all what we see is that person is one of us and is hoping to lift all of us up. And we all stand on the shoulders of our parents. Say, eh? when this is not something that's about me, uh, this is about all of us. That if we move together to break these ceilings, to have to allow ourselves to come into opportunities where we might not have been before, forge the way forward, then I hope that my daughters will see in me a hero, eh? that they'll look at their dad. And I think, yeah, dad tried hard for us. And I I don't want to preach about it, but I think we've got a responsibility as men, Uh, especially, I don't know if you're all Samoan, but... hmm. Especially us island men, eh, in our generation. I, I'm probably older than you guys. I had children much later in my life. But the the point is we have a responsibility to the next generation. I know it's tough on our boys. I know you guys have been dealing with people who tune into your show all the time. I know sometimes it's hard for us, you know, how, do, how we manage the stress, the anxiety, the feelings of inferiority or whether I'm good enough. And so I think shows like this are really important. It's important that we're honest. And that's why I wanted to, I was really, I was humbled that you asked me. I thought, oh, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'm cool now that you've asked me on to. (laughs) I think it's it's a dynamic that we've got to deal with. We're brothers in this. And as brothers, got to look out for each other. We've got to ask ourselves, how are you treating your partner? How are you treating your wife? Mm. What kind of dad are you? What kind of husband or partner are you? And I think these are the questions that are only going to support us and help us in this journey. Because we, you know, I, I, I was the youngest, but what I, I don't remember seeing it in my dad, but apparently dad used to hit mum. And I know that that affected my brothers. Ah, and I, I didn't see it, but my brothers saw it. And I think there was, they probably had a bit of anger towards dad. And so I'm just, I just want people to know that these are stories that might relate to them. And, you know, my brothers were angry men as well, because perhaps because of what had been modeled. 
ah, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I'm, I've, we've all forgiven our dad. And in fact, dad came to the Lord and he changed. The minute he became a faithful oh, he stopped drinking. He stopped I, all of that domestic violence stuff. It, it was his faith that really turned him around. But it took something really significant for dad's life to turn around. And I think as we talk more on these kinds of platforms, as people meet you and realize you're human too, then that might be that one mm-hmm. significant friend they have where they can say, yeah, okay, I've got someone who's going to stand with me through all these challenging times. Amen. And that's the, I guess the, the biggest part of, um, of us sharing, sharing this platform. Um, when we're not all about the numbers, but as long as we can uh, reach out to one of our brothers and also our sisters um, going through, a tough time um and we've spoken so many times about um you know not being perfect but just getting through um pushing you know yourself to become a better person um for yourself not for others uh, you know it makes a big difference you might not see it you might not see it at the end but um we've 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 spoken to so many um Yes, um, you know, and within the the boys here, we always share some of our, our darkest secrets, mm-hmm. and we we just hope that um, not only do you take on board from what we say, um, uh, you know, from a, a, a biggest the biggest uh, our biggest uh, role model, um, Fessel, you know, he's sharing sharing some of his stuff. Um, just just going back on um, how you were feeling at the time where. Um, you were uh, depressed. Um, you know, as us Islanders, we we don't know what depression is. Mm. You know, and and some and some of us, you know, take you know they've moved on and taken their their lives. So, um, how how did you how did you know that you were going through those darkest times? How 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 did you define who you were, and how did you get out of out of? Or maybe you're not out of it. Maybe you're still at times other triggers do come back up but do you um how did how did you find that for yourself i think it was um yeah a a number of things eh, bro was there were one of the things we identified in the counseling when i was getting counseling and supervision at the same time was i had begun to believe uh from an, uh, an incident at high school that I was dumb. And we we had this thing at school where all the year 13s or the seventh formers, you know, we had a small seventh form and I was in form seven, only about 15 of us. And we went around the room, our teacher said, oh, yeah, what do you want to do? And I just did, said, this is what my dad wants me to do. So I said, oh, I'm, I want to be a lawyer. And I remember my teacher laughed and she said, oh, you'll be lucky. You'll be lucky if you become a lawyer, if he's so. And and, you know, we just laughed off, you know, every, all the boys in the room just cracked up like, oh, shame fest, you know, but, you know, but I didn't realize how deeply that had affected me. Years later, while I was a youth worker, that it was the supervision where the person in supervision helped me to understand that I had believed from that incident that I was dumb, that I wasn't good enough. And here I was at university, I'd been through university, but even then, I didn't even think that that made me clever. I just thought that I wasn't dumb. And as a result of thinking that, I started to believe that my voice didn't matter, that I was insignificant. And I think 
it was that that drove me. I, I, I'm a real believer, and this is my generic thought, so generalized thought, and you can all tell me that I'm wrong, but I, I got into youth work, and the reason I threw myself at youth work was maybe I had thought, if if Ephesus not good enough for someone to believe in, then I'm going to use every moment of my life to believe in somebody else, and so I gave my life to, to youth work, to mentoring young people, to starting youth uh, programs at church, so all of that was what I threw myself at, because I wanted others to feel special but deep down I never felt special uh, but you just manage and you just handle it I think the way I did it was I just closed up and I just think well it's there it exists but I try my best to avoid it and the truth is I, I think they reported on this as well and and some of the stories that have been shared on me is I started to have and I I, I know that you probably have counseling numbers and stuff available but I started to have uh, really deeply suicidal thoughts and driven by I'm not good enough that you know there's nothing about me that matters and maybe in my youth work that's what I tried to do is I wanted people to know that I can see you I can hear you I know that you matter that you're special yeah. uh, and yeah that's where I think that's where my life is at today and there's, I think when you believe that, it becomes part of your default setting. And so when, when I'm feeling a bit down, that's what I go to. Hey, the default setting is you're not good enough anyway. You don't matter. And I, I've ended up in politics. You know, bro, when they, you've been talking about my interviews on TV, I used to think, why are they ringing me? And every time someone would ring me and say, can you come on and do breakfast or can you go on and do the nation? I put the phone down and think, I've got nothing to say. And, it, it, you know, had I not talked to the boys or, or talked to my wife, they're the ones who say, you say, it's okay what you have to say. It's all right. You've got to go with your gut, go with what you believe. And so even getting to that point is, is a challenge too. And so I, I, you know, I know people are still going through stuff today. I'm, I'm hopeful they look in at our lives and they think, yeah, they, we're, we're just doing the best with what we have, trying our best to believe, but finding the support. Now you guys look like you're all friends, but I'm, I'm guessing, uh, you know, we all take the yeah, have a good mock with one another, but if we don't have each other, hey, if we don't have boys in our lives, hey, then it's, it just makes it a, a road a, a bit more lonely, and we want it to be as as warm and as exciting as possible. That's awesome, man! Yeah. That's it's can be awesome gems, eh? Like, yeah. especially that imposter syndrome is very yeah. real um, in our in our Pacifica people, and sometimes we joke amongst each other. Uh, and put each other down but that's because that's the imposter syndrome coming out and like you want to feel safer around you're just testing them to see whether they're on your level or they actually or care yeah 100 <laughs> percent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so like just on that diversity as well uh if it's all i know that um you know in your career in your professional career there's not that many islanders that would have taken the path that you've taken can you share a little bit about what that has been like for your journey around um, starting from uni, but then also being the brown face that's at these corporate meetings uh, that turns up and is not the security guard or is not the cleaner or not the coffee maker, right? Because, you know, like when I was growing up in, in my career, you know, that's what we get sort of stereotyped up for. So what was it like in your, in your career building that up? Yeah, I think I got used to being lonely. 
Uh, and you you kind of find ways to manage it that, you know, I'm a bit different and, and I just hope that people accept it. But you find good friends around you. The best manager that I had was at university and it was this older Balangi woman. And she was the, she was amazing. She was probably like a mum to me. And she believed in me. And she said, if Fessel, we're going to support you. When we started Dream Funnel, she would come along. And she, maybe it was because she had a church background as well. And she liked young people. She had kids that were my age. And so I think maybe she just thought, oh, it's just another one of my teenage sons who's lost his way. But she managed me really well. And I think that's what we need to find is whilst it might be a lonely road, it's important that we work out who our allies are, who's going to be there uh, through thick and thin. And, you know, I, I get to that. You know, you look at political representation around New Zealand, slowly we're doing better. We're getting more diversity, but that takes time. And I think I found comfort in just being me. I think we've got to be safe in ourselves. I often say things that people will feel a little bit challenged by, or you know how they say, oh, you name the white elephant in the room. And I believe that's my gift is that unless we identify what the challenge is, we all tippy-toe around it. Everyone says, oh, it's kind of that, but it's not. And when we identify it, explain it to people, then we're able to have discussions that really matter. So yeah, I've accepted that sometimes I cause a bit of trouble and I upset <laughs> the flow of things or rock the boat and all that. But when I was at university, and this is my one fear intelligent comment, was I studied a bit of philosophy. <laughs> and in philosophy, there's this um, French, uh, no, he's not French, German, French. German, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, and Nietzsche talks a lot about chaos, and he says that when when there's chaos, there's some people that can manage it, and then there are others who just run free from chaos. I welcome chaos. I I like it because it, it you see people at their at their most challenged and at their best. Mm. You look at COVID situation, lock, we're going into lockdown for the first time, that's chaotic. And that was the time where the media really wanted me to come in front for our people. And that's why it was, I don't say it was easy, but it was kind of natural for me because I'm, I feel those situations are normal because we're balancing acts all the time. And so yeah, yeah, you find good friends. And if it's just you, then just... You, you've got to reach out to the boys, eh? Because if you've got no that's one in the same kind of area, you've got to reach out to people to work with you. See, I, I think that's our superpower. So, like, I um, every time I, because I'm, I work in IT, and I think that us being Maori and Pacifica, um, and speaking the truth and calling out the BS is actually what Islanders bring to the table, and especially in the corporate world, um, it's it's welcomed, and I think that's where. You like people like yourself um, get well respected because you speak the truth, and that's like not everyone wants to hear it, but you know they like some people actually need to hear it um, to be able to grow and, and stuff like that. That's awesome, man. You, you touched on your uh, uh, youth work. I just have a question here from from the chat. Malofes, uh, you've mentored and inspired countless lives, his included. Who are your greatest inspirations and what are some gems or lessons that they have taught you which you have been able to use in life? Nice friends. Yeah, that's a cool question. Hey, Brent, I'm thinking that's Brandon from out west. I don't know why he moved out west. He grew up in the <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Mr. Jackson. He's confused. My my wife is from Ranui, so we lived out west, and then I got elected out here, and I said, oh, hun, we've we got to go back to South Auckland. That's so it. That's it. This <laughs> be quoted on. I think, yeah, and thanks, Brendan, for the for the question. I I reckon I've already talked about my Balangi manager who um who was at university. Our we became so close that once we, we finished working and way back and we were apart for 15 years, I um led her funeral uh because we were so close that uh, in the end she her family, her kids asked me to lead her funeral when she died. So I think that shows eh, how special relationships can uh can become. I think someone who um Gosh, who, who sticks out for me? Yeah, it's you got me thinking. So I don't know. Do I, do I have to name them? I can just say who they, who kind of what they were, eh? Because if I, I name them, There's, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll just name one person that's been really instrumental uh, in my life as a as a Nuean man named uh, Doctor Robert Siakimotu. Lives in Mangili. Oh, now everyone knows where he lives. Anyway, um, but Robert has has always been there for our family, New Wayan man as well, married to a beautiful Fijian woman. And he has always kind of, whenever, you know, he used to be come to church a lot. He used to speak at our church a lot. But he's always shown an interest in our lives. And I think that's probably what's drawn me to, to Robert is that he's a family man. He... Um, he preaches, so we got a, a similarity in that sense, and that we do a lot of public speaking. But when, but he always finds time in his busy schedule to make time for me, and I think that's uh, someone that has been really instrumental uh, in my life. So I hope that answers your your question, Brands, and hopefully you'll come back out um, south one day with your kids. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, touching and, on um, your um, running for mayor, if it's all, how does it feel to be yeah. oath endorsed by Labour and recently yeah. the Green Party? Yeah, I'm really honoured, eh? really excited as well. And the, I think what's really helpful is there's the endorsement means that there's a little bit of space for me to keep my independence. And for me, that's really important. And in politics, you, especially local government politics, people want you not to be a party person. They want you to be your own person. And if you look at some of the things I voted on and how I've uh, spoken out on different issues, that independence has been important for me because sometimes the party wants you to go in one direction, but it's been my belief that we should go in a slightly different direction. So the endorsement is really welcome because I've got their support, but we've got an agreement on when we might be disagreed on how we get there, whether we're going far enough, then we'll talk about it so that we can either push the boundaries a bit or that um, we won't, you know, it won't look like we're having a, a a big punch up uh, and with each other, but yeah, and I'm really glad because I've been in the Labour Party for a long time, and it means it means a lot to me that the Labour Party are supporting me, uh, and this is our opportunity. Hey, this is one 
particular point in history where we might uh, be able to put forward a person for genuinely from South Auckland, genuinely Basfika, yes, and I think mm -hmm. those things are special. This could be quite historic for this city, and I'm not saying that you should vote for me because I'm Samoan. I think yes, that is should. Hey, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You you should, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's why those those endorsements, <laughs> but also a chance to get out into the community too, because if you if you look at the voting data, our my area, the area of Manuko, has the lowest voter turnout of all the areas in Auckland, and that's the the, the data says essentially says this: if you are brown don't own a house and on a low income, then you tend not to vote. And it's the opposite end for the other. You tend to vote when you're in stable housing, uh, you're European and you're older. And that's not the kind of city we want. Hey, all of yeah. us have children. We want to mm. be able to engage in the city and build the city for us. Our parents have cleaned the city. Yeah? Our parents worked factory floors to build the city. And I think we owe it to them and to their hard work and hard ethics around working to keep the journey going and bro i didn't realize you're an it but you know even that hey, i think wow that's it's not that's not like a normal path that we go to Rob. we it was the lawyer doctor thing and good on the kids that became <laughs> lawyers and doctors but that's not uh, that's not all of us and so yeah. i'm hoping that whether it's in politics whether it's an it owning a business that all of those being a creative all of those different areas we're going to explore and we're going to excel in. And that's why, yeah, those endorsements mean a lot to me and it gives us a chance to really speak up for the things that matter for our communities. Yeah, awesome. So how do, how, how do we um, how do we support you, uh, Fess? Like, so what is the timeline? What is the process that you now have to go through? And, and what is uh, how can everybody that's listening or watching support you in your journey? Get you the key. The, the, the best way. To... Hey? How can we give you the key? The best way to support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the keys to the city, yeah, they call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. the, the best way to support is to register to vote. Hey, and so we're, we're going to be going out. We're going to be knocking on your door. You'll see us. We'll have a whole team of people knocking on your door saying, are you registered to vote? And that's the key issue that we have is that our families are really transient. Uh, a lot of our families yeah. uh, don't live in the same place for a long time. And one of the, because the our election is a postal election, so we send your voting papers to your house. So if it was the house you lived in two years ago, but you haven't changed or updated your registration, then that's going to be a challenge uh, because it'll go to your old address. So once we get everyone's uh, registration updated, it means that your voting paper will get to you at your house. And then it doesn't take too long to vote. So that's the key thing. So when we're out door knocking, that's all we're talking to people about. They might meet me and I'll remind them, yeah, I'm standing for the mayoralty. But in the first place, we're asking them if they're registered to vote. And that's the biggest thing. And then people are joining the campaign as well. Like there are some people saying, oh, look, I'll do my street. So I might live, um, mum used to, was on Hamill and we were on Preston. So we will just go up and down Preston, you know, or up and down Hamill because that's those are the people we know and it's it's okay to reach out to them. So that's, we just door knock, remind everyone, make sure you, you're registered, make sure you think about voting for FSO and, and that's 
that's how we're going to do it. The election is on the 8th of October, so it's a few months away, but we know that it's important that I get out to meet as many people as possible, given that our voter turnout last time was 36%, so really low. Uh, and that's across Auckland. It was about 25% for Pacific people. So which means one only one in four people are voting. So three in four of our families aren't voting and we've got to get them out to vote. And there's something like 1. 1.2 or 1.3 million people that just live in South Auckland, right? Mm. So, I mean, that's that's a that's a huge base that you can plug into. What, yeah, what, what's your belief? What's your belief why... why why those voting numbers are so low? Like, is it because people don't understand what they're voting for? Or is it they don't understand how to do it? Or is it just laziness? Yeah. What do you believe I, I think uh, it's, could be the issue? It's all of those things. And, you know, we, we've talked about transience. And sometimes people don't know what, you, when you're voting for local government, what it actually means. Uh, and so when you go to the library to uh, where I, um, I was thinking of the art gallery, when you're going to the zoo, when you go to your swimming pools, your local swimming pools, uh, all of those community facilities, those of us in Otara, when we go to Te Puke, Otara, hey, those are facilities that are run by council. So we sometimes we don't realise that those are the things that you're voting about. When you... And, and, probably not the best example, but one that's easy. When you turn on the tap and you expect water to come out, that's what council does. When you flush the toilet, you kind of hope that that water goes somewhere because if it just keeps gathering in your house, it's going to smell. Hey, so you want that that wastewater to go somewhere. All of those things are what council does. The streets that we've got, how well kept they are, the parks that are outside, how well they're maintained, that's what council does. And so when people understand, oh, so that's what I'm voting for, I can have a say in how I want my community to be organised, to be developed, then then they start to understand. The other problem I think we have is it's a postal ballot. I think I'm done with postal ballots. I think they're a waste of time. If you look at the research around the world, everyone's saying this is such a waste of time because people don't vote. When you have, you know, the normal elections when you're voting National Labor Act, the Greens, you get around 80, I think we had 88% turnout. So you compare that 88% to 35% in Auckland, it just goes to show that there's a massive imbalance. And so rather than have a postal ballot, I think it's good people just turn up, you go to your local school or your library, say, hi, my name's Efesel. Um, they check where you are and you just vote then. And so I think that's the way we should be doing it. So yeah, lots of, lots of those issues and understanding that our vote counts for something and that we can make a difference with that vote. Ooh. And just yeah, sorry, just touching on um how you were you're talking about oh sorry um Muffy how you're talking about how people and uh, why they're not voting and at some point during when I started voting like I I wasn't paying attention to everything that was on TV or like label who's going to be the best for us at the time and I think at sometimes I didn't even vote so I was part of the um. You know that 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 percentage that didn't vote, but it was only because I didn't care. But you know, I'm probably um, you know I don't know how many percentage of of us then didn't care. But knowing that in the future, like from what, what you were saying, it makes a huge difference to how you know. For now, I'm I'm thinking about my kids, or you know, I'm, I'm not as old, but you know, it's now the future that we have to look 
look out for. And from what you were saying, Nafisal, it's, you know, we need to, um, we need to, we need to get out there and support the likes of yourself and um, push out people and, and seeing a, another poly brother who talks like me, looks like me and, it's easy to, you know, you don't have to think about it. It's, you know, he he's there for us as as um poly moldy people. So, I think thank you for, you know, giving us this time. Um, you know, I, I know you've got all these other uh, media outlets that you um that you probably would have taken instead of us because you know as soon as we started at eight o'clock, yeah, that didn't 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 work out for us. But um, I think uh, Swanky's got some questions for us. Um, and then we'll go into uh, quick fire questions, and um, yeah, you can go back to your family. I'm sure they're just waiting for us, <laughs> waiting for you to finish this and um, <laughs> get rid of us. Eh? <laughs> I'll just have a, a few video questions that uh, was sent through, so I'll just uh, play them. Hello, Falawa. My name is Barbara Lisa, and I am the head girl of Monidewa High School for 2022. I hear from the villages of Aimoso and Apianupolu, Samoa. A question for Mr. Collins is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Thank you. Bubbles. Oh, cool. Oh, that's a good question, eh? Yeah. yeah, probably just accept yourself, eh? Be be friendlier to FS or don't be so hard on them. Uh, and and be you, be okay about being you. Because, yeah, I, I look back at that young person, I think, ah, if, if, if only I might have tried, eh, I believed in myself. May have gone on in sport. I remember when I, I, I did, I used to, because I wasn't rugby like my brothers, and so I did, um, because they, my parents, we used, they used to mock me and say, yeah, and so well, I would come in and I ended up captaining the softball team. And I did, I, but I did track, I did more track and field. Like I did shot put and javelin and, you know, dad was thinking, what kind of sports are these? But I quite liked the single ones. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I got a bit, well, my brothers were all cool because they played rugby and league and I was doing shot put. And I went by myself, even though it was regionals and I did really well, but my parents didn't come. But that's all right. I've forgiven them for not coming to regionals, even though I didn't. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, baby. It's all good. We just, just mentioned it, but it's all good. We, we moved on. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgiven you 45 years later. Thanks. <laughs> uh, just, just have uh, one more. Uh, video question to play. Tala my name is and I am the head girl of Otahuhu College. I am full Samoan and I come from the villages of Sava'i and Dathinga. My question for Mr. Collins is, what is your advice to a male politician who is struggling with mental health? Most of the time we don't see that politicians go through a lot of stress and also struggle from mental health issues because of hatred from communities and also worldwide. So what is your advice you'd like to give a male politician that is struggling from mental health issues? Thank you. That's a cool question. Wow. Yeah, we... yeah that's awesome, eh? I don't think it's just for politicians. I just think it's for anyone, eh, who's going through mental health issues. But I don't want to take from the question. Yeah, to, to reach out if you can, to get a set of... Um, boys or girls or friends that love you to 
um, allow your my wife to to speak into my life and to talk to me and to calmly encourage me. Can I just share one quick story? I think one of the one of the funniest funny odd is I'm I'm um, I don't know if you've done those five love languages. Have you read that book? And there's different love languages that make us responsive. And one of my love languages, I've learned that one of my love languages is touch. Hey, and we'll keep this all above board, but touch is one of my love languages. Yeah, I know you went to La Salle and you know, it's a bit. <laughs> but, you know, and I'll pray for you at the end of this. But, Touch is, is a is is one of my my love languages, and when when I was at university, to coming towards the end of university, I you know because I'm I don't know if I'm people who haven't met me, I'm six four, so I'm quite tall, so I'm quite a big person, mm. and when I was going through a lot of stuff, I had a friend who was just a bit short. I think he was six three. And he knew my love language was touch. And I remember we went, he knew I was feeling down one day and he, we went, I think we went to Mission Bay and he held my hand when we were at Mission Bay. Honestly, I said, somebody, but he knew that that was, for me, it was one of the most inviting, safe spaces for me to hold his hand. And so we sat there at Mission Bay holding hands the whole time. I'm thinking people are looking at us, bro, but the, it was one, it was really liberating for me. And I think those acts of reaching out to someone, and we hold hands differently. Some people text, some people talk on the phone, some people go and sweat it out at the gym. There's different ways to do it. But as brothers, we need to work out the way in which you're all going to feel the most loved. And whether that's holding your hand or going to the gym and just, I don't know if you're grunters, but if you just need to grunt it out when you're pumping your weights yeah yeah see i knew yeah I, I i just do the rowing machine i'm i don't have to look all pumped up like these it boys anymore you know, I, I, my, I don't have to push my chest out and wear those tight t-shirts even though i'm too excited to walk in with a small t-shirt sorry sorry guys my my uh my camera's broken I think. he's just he's just uh, adjusting his t-shirt because i know it's he's wearing a small <laughs> When, when, we, when we work out what how someone wants to interact with us in their love language, then we're going to be okay. So I think it's touch, it's words of affirmation, it's time. Those are three of them, but there's two other ones. And that's how we can express it. I, sometimes people just want to sit with you. If they just sat with me, I don't. we don't have to talk. I just know that they're there. Sometimes it's holding my hand, sometimes at the gym. All of those ways are ways in which we can support the the brothers, the sisters, the family. And I hope that's been useful because that's that's why when my wife sorry, last last story. When I got <laughs> go, we, we got time, man. We got time. <laughs> when I got inaugurated at council, the one photo they showed was just before I gave my first speech at council, there's a photo of my wife holding my face. And Sophia's got me and she's holding me like this. And the whole time she's holding me and, you know, touching me because she knows that's my my connection language. And she keeps saying to me, I love you. I love you. Go and do this. And the, the photographer from the Herald picked up that photo. But the whole time she was holding my cheeks. And I, so for me, that's what, it, that's my way to help me get through the, the the hurdle at the time. So I don't know. I hope it's useful to your to those watching no. tonight because those love languages are so important. Write a letter, write a text. I don't know. You know what I'm getting at, eh, boys? That's awesome, man. That's awesome. 
Yeah, that's um, that's that's I I read about something. Oh, just in regards to um, your 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 love language or something along those lines, and uh, I think I spoke with my wife about that, and it was hard to even like pick out because at the same time you're you don't want to be. Uh, you know, that masculinity of yourself, you don't want to be like, oh, that's not me. That's, you know, you're trying to put up that wall straight away. But in reality, if you, you know, like yourself, you you took it with both arms open and you accepted it, you you turned out to be, you know, you, you sometimes taking that, that, that step forward, you become a better person. So, um, you know, sharing that with us and... Especially, um, we always say this every show, is that we see people on TV and, and think they're not going through what we're going through, right? But in reality, it's just, you know, we're all on, on the on a level playing field. We're all going through that sort of stuff. So, um, and, and thank you again. Oh, we're probably going to thank you a million times even from now. And, and I think from last week's episode, we're going to be saying congratulations because... Um, <laughs> And and that's that's an inside joke, but you have to watch last week's um, okay. um performance that um you know I, I came to, with all the me separated if he's trying to keep lose my wife. Divorce. So, <laughs> long story short, I say congratulations. Uh, you know you had a kid, but um, uh, yeah, the boss man's um, <laughs> the kid's not here yet. Eh? Um, so, so actually, kid's not here yet, but apparently there's another one that's that's here. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I got a I got a visit from the boss man and the and and the and and the boss lady earlier this week. Um, yeah, put me in line, so I'm, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Correct yourself, verbal warning. <laughs> so we're just going to have um, uh, a, a few uh, quickfire questions. Um, the first one will be uh, coffee or water, and why coffee. Coffee. Uh, okay. We'll go. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. Sports teams. Rugby. Uh, are you NRL or rugby union? Rugby union, NRL? Both. Both. Oh. Or, okay, teams. Oh, both? Oh, I'm here. Union. Oh, do you want to know my team? Sorry. Yes. The, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs and the... Uh. Just turn the camera turn this off already. This is going down. The South Auckland kids were always taken by the Chiefs. That's true. That's true. But now I'm all about the blues. I got. Oh, I didn't bring my blues flag. Sorry. Oh, did have one. It's in the other room. It's in the rubber shade. It's in the toilet. With the Warriors flag. Oh, league, league. Yeah. Which, which, which league team? Oh, rabbits. Rabbits. Oh, okay. The rabbits. Which leads us to a time where, um, don't worry about those rabbits fans um, <laughs> and Chiefs fans. Um, uh, towards the end of the show, we like to, um, I guess, share a tip or advice or something that you've taken on board that's helped you with your journey or life. Um, so we'll start off with uh, Swanky, who usually oh, just gives us the gems. Sorry, can I just, before, before we just uh, do the round, 
Could I could I just ask if you saw one more question? Hey, Fess, I, I know um I know your your wife does the diversity thing, and she's got a company or a consulting firm that does uh, or educates about diversity. Or it would be great to have you guys both on um, in the coming months to talk about that because I think um, that plays a big part in the imposter syndrome and how we get treated in the in the corporate workplace. It stops us uh, our Maori and Pacifica people from from going down that track a lot more, like the IT the track, the the law track, the the doctors track, and I think it would be great to have uh, you and Fia talk about that stuff yeah. later on. Yeah, true, Spirit. We did this interview together a couple of days ago, and at the end of the interview, the guy goes to me, oh, actually, your wife was way more interesting. I was saying, bro, I'm standing here. <laughs> yeah, he goes, oh, your wife. He's, he's so methodical. She knew exactly what to say. And the whole time I was saying, Fia, can you look worse than me? Because we put my face <laughs> on it. Yeah, no, no, sorry. Point is, she, she loves you, bro, and she's more than happy. Have you done? So? Oh, sorry. I'll, this is a conversation we pick up later. Yeah, we, we were going to take it offline. Yeah, sweet. Sorry, yeah, sweet, sweet, Over to you. Cool, bro. Sorry. No, you guys take over. It's your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about. It's yeah, all we'll about, guys. It's all about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, my for tonight, I just wanna uh, say thank you again, of Yonga Fanana, for tonight's uh, show. Thank you for taking the time out of your evening. Uh, join our little Talanoa. And also uh, extend uh, thank you to the hey, girls that offered their questions. Ethan yeah. here from Orahu College and also Barbara from Manidua. But I think uh, my advice tonight, uh, I'll guess touched on it, is um, reach out. Mm. Reach out and keep checking in. Checking in to your family, loved ones, your circle, even beyond your circle. Just keeping the conversation going. Um, checking in how they're doing on their well-being, you know, really ask them with compassion and keep checking in, just keep the conversation going. Uh, eventually, uh, hopefully, they'll uh, open up, you know, and uh, sometimes someone just needs someone to ask them that question, you know. Sometimes there's ways of asking the question, you know, it could be just like, oh, let's go out for a feed. You know, let's go out for coffee. Mm. Uh, there, there's ways of uh, uh, keeping the conversation going. And I hope, hopefully, whoever, whoever is tuning in tonight uh, can reach out and check in on their family and loved ones. And, yeah, just keep the conversation going. That's sure, thank you. Boys. Thank you. Thank you. Sure, okay, next one. Yeah, uh, just a little thing for me. Um, actually, not something that uh, I'd like to leave, but something I'd like to take away um, from tonight's conversation for Talanoa of uh, Brother Fiso um, is, is, is the the idea of that, you know, that text, that reaching out text that you had, that code. Um, I'd encourage everybody who who, who uh, listened tonight and and heard how uh, Fiso used it in his time of need, um, that I encourage everybody to have that code. Um, however, however way you set it up, whatever number it is, or you know, I, I encourage you guys to have that code with your boys, mm. with your close ones. Um, you know, that's that's that's, that's going to be your lifesaver. That's going to be your lifeline. Um, in, in that darkest time, that or 
the hardest times. So um, I encourage everybody to, uh, yeah, to 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 take advantage of, uh, of ideas like that because I never heard of that before. And tonight, it's it's perfect, perfect, uh, perfect idea. It's simple and, and quick, you know. Um, also, again, thank you to Fusion for jumping on tonight. Um, I actually took the time out to message you on the recommendation of from Jimmy, um, Jimmy Paul from Rip FM. I'm actually we're, we're quite, quite close there. Jimmy, Jimmy pulled me on to you. He said, "Get him on." Um, I've been behind that guy, backing him, and <laughs> since 2021, I knew that guy's going to be the mayor. So, you know, all I did was reach out. You, you were kind enough to to accept. So, thank you, thank you again, Fusil, for jumping on the show and um, allowing us uh, an hour, an hour and a bit of your time um, away from your family. So, thank you. Thanks, Vis. Um, uh, yeah, just like what the other boy said, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for, for your time because uh, I know you're a busy man and uh, I really enjoyed tonight's chat. Um, yeah, just following on from what Mike said, I think it's really good that you have a, a band of brothers uh, that you can rely on, uh, which is the same for us on this chat as well, on this forum as well, um, that, you know, if you've got a band of brothers and, you know, using your the code word which is which is real cool and that everyone knows that uh, they need to surround you uh asap um but yeah like to to see another um south aucklander uh another poly boy uh, up there um and you know also we grew up down the road from each other went to the same schools it's really 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 cool that um and i think i spoke about this last time was um, we should have just celebrate just our Maori and Pacifica who are who are great at sports or are on TV. I think there's there's different pathways that our Maori and Pacifica people can take, and your journey is exactly one of them. Um, and if we believe we can achieve, which is which is really cool, and you know to see it in real life happening for our next generation, um, that's massive. Um, uh, so for me. Thank you very much. My advice is, um, yeah, like uh, get behind our our guy here, Efiso uh, Collins for 2022 mm -hmm. and make sure you learn how to vote. Uh, make sure you reach out and see how you can support him with his campaign. Um, and also Sorry. just one more thing, one more thing before we, um, before I close off, um, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to my son, uh, Cole. So Cole uh, got, uh, informed that he was head boy this this uh, for for Saint Joseph's. Yo, <laughs> let's go. And uh, only out. So so yeah, we we were meant to move to to Melbourne uh, in June, but that's no longer happening. We want to give our little son um, the best opportunity for him to to um, reach his goals that he set himself. And I think that's the learning for me that I wanted to share was um, my son set a goal of him wanting to be head boy three years ago, actually, and we had this conversation about it. And now he's reached that goal. It's, it's just amazing. So, um, yeah, congratulations to my son. Congratulations. congratulations. Well done, Cole. Man. Cole. Well done, well done. Shout out to Cole. Uh, and it's, especially the parents, you know, um, yeah. it's, uh, uh, you know, back in the day where, um, you know, oh, I've, I've said this a lot of times, uh, you know, my parents are always there behind me, but, um, um, you know, that, that, that the type of parents where then you knew they loved them or you, they loved us, but they they were at the same time really hard. You know, it, when we're doing something right, you didn't know you were doing it right, 
but you just knew from just a, uh, I guess a, a little little smile or you know or a little nod that you were doing something right so um you know shout out to um the boss man for acknowledging that and i think it's it's, it's a change uh, we need the change we need to all grow together um you know times times have changed so um back to uh, something i've taken away um usually i give out the great the great advices to to all these people out there and they don't take it on board but um <laughs> um uh something i've taken away from this episode and i think it, it um yeah it, it it did affect me personally uh which was um you know be uh be nicer to yourself be uh and uh fisters you know it it really resonated with me because i i think from a younger age i thought i could be this person or what be that all black or be this especially in all black or being, you know, just making teams. I thought I wasn't good enough because I, you know, every time I tried, it didn't happen. But I know now that this was my calling, you know, mm-hmm. um, being, being a, a dad. So, um, and, Yo, that's it. you know, being a dad uh, and, and the, uh, yeah, my, my wife being the breadwinner. So I'm just stay, stay at home with dad now, jokes. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 it's a big change. And, um, I've, from from this podcast, uh, this is our third season. I've I've actually taken it from here, and you know, spoken with my family, and I think I've I've seen the changes within my family as well. So, um, thank you so much, um, Fissel, for for jumping on, it's, and and especially especially your um your kids and um, Fia for letting you you know letting you have the time with us. So we we appreciate you and the family and. We're supporting you 100 um, all the way, even though we live um, over the shore. Um, <laughs> You're still in Auckland, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, we'll, we'll pass that. We'll pass that over to you, um, Fissel. Oh, what? Just like a final word. Yes, you get the final word. Yeah, yeah, final we're going to actually... We're gonna add a, a motivational uh, background music at the I'll end. Play of my song. violin after this. Oh, now nah, cool! Like the altar calls that we used to do when I was at um, Brandon's. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you, boys. I really enjoyed this. I know that I'm the one that's answering the questions, but I think I get a real sense from you. You, you know, we haven't met proper and hung out much, but I get a sense that there's a real passion in your hearts to reach people and. Man, I think if we could just do that, that would be enough. Eh? And I feel like you know, I've, I've, my life's okay. Eh? If I, I'm not worried about where I go, all I'm worried about is what happens to my my daughters. And I'm really happy for Cole, bro. I think that's amazing. And if he's ever up Thanks to us. it, I'm telling him I'm going to stop at his school because my my daughter goes to a school up the road from um, Cole. And we got married at the church across the road, but these are the more stories. This is where you know my stories, but we, because good, good AOG boy, but you know, the, the wife is Catholic. So I had to become Catholic to marry my wife. But the best choice I've ever, best decision ever, man, was marrying this woman. She's amazing and very patient ha- having me as a husband. 
But I just wanted to say thank you because this is really important and I'm really blessed to to be on the show. I'm, and this is, you know, this hour has gone flowing by, but it's good to Ooh. be amongst brothers who I know. Hey, well, I don't know you that well, but, you know, I feel like we're connected in that way. So thank you very much for having me and thanks for doing the podcast because if you don't start talking, if we don't start talking about this, then it keeps getting hidden. And if we don't expose and shed light on these things, then how are we going to support each other when we're feeling like life's getting a bit tough and a bit too much and a little bit overwhelming? And we need someone who's just going to help us find that space to vent, to let it out and just to kind of exercise some of the, the I don't know, the desire to release some of the stress. So thank you very much. And I'm happy, happy to, 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 catch up sometime i owe you all happy to take you for a feed because that's i just eat that's my i, I don't go to um snap fitness like the four of you uh, <laughs> from good cafes that i'm, I'm bad i'm there. bad you oh, oh yeah i i didn't realize yeah. they had three not enough gel. weights there <laughs> <laughs> otherwise i jets i'll get a jets in otahu so it's like the one down eh? because there's snap and then there's like jets and then there's less <laughs> <laughs> and just, combine them all together when you're the mayor hey? make it more one yeah, come, we'll do our rolling. come row the machine <laughs> Thank you very much. I've been really blessed to be on this, and I hope the podcast continues to flourish because this is important stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for tonight. I think um, uh, with the the amount of um, deals that we've had tonight, it's uh, it's, it's a blessing to to hear you uh, speak some truth and and listen, you know, to all your um, your gems tonight. So thank you again. Uh, this is probably the twentieth time I've said thank you. So, uh, yeah, over to what's Alter. But um, yeah, this is uh, for the boys podcast. I didn't even know how to end the show. I was just gonna <laughs> sit there. Yeah, yeah, this is for the boys podcast. <laughs> I just just want to keep going. Yeah, just want to keep talking. <laughs> okay, another hour is it? Nah, for the boys podcast. So I'm Teza, and you have your your man uh, for Anana, Efeso, Collins, and then we have the brothers. Thank you guys for tonight. Peace. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Miss um, Familiar, which was also our boss, which was also the man, uh, the, gym, the gym man here. Um, you know, he's um, he's been amazing. He's uh, he's he's been guiding us uh, throughout our um, you know from from day dot. So a uh, big thank you, and also um, yeah, um, if you want to sponsor us, especially uh, if it's all, <laughs> you got the money.